Hello, it's Dan Stalnaker, and we're here in Emerald City. Joining me now is the amazing and intelligent Tom Preston, who's the CEO and founder of the Preston Associates. Tom, you're one of the smartest guys I know, and I'm really glad to have you here in Emerald City today to talk a little bit about the new era and how people are adapting. Your company is one of the world's leading executive coaching companies. I know that you've been doing this for a long time, helping people navigate their careers and their life. It'd be great if we could talk a little bit today about how you see this new era unfolding and how people can adapt to figure out what they want and how to get it. So how are you today? Very good. Thank you for having me, Stan. And thank you for setting me up for failure there. <laughs> Nothing like a great big intro, right? To get to get <laughs> our listeners. But really, it's true. I, I found that some of our conversations over the years have been very insightful. You, you may not remember, but you're responsible for one of um, Hub's many years long taglines, which was humanizing digital. And that was, that was a term that you came up in a conversation that we had many years ago talking about what Hub culture was and what made Hub unique. So I do think you have a unique way of distilling insights for people. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you today, because I think a lot of people have a lot of questions um, about how to navigate what's happening. What are you telling your clients? Well, first of all, we're listening very carefully to them uh, because this is obviously a time of extreme confusion, lack of clarity, new ways of working, new ways of leading, uh, new ways of doing business, in fact. Um, and I think uh, kind of oddly, um, humanizing digital has become a critical part of the new world. Uh, and I think that, um, you know, it's just a time of deep uncertainty. So we're trying to listen very carefully to what people are facing, what challenges they have. And I think it's true that there, there's not one answer. You know, there really isn't. You need to be adaptable and flexible, and I hate to overuse the word, but agile in this environment. We need to find new ways of communicating, connecting, giving common purpose, defining collective success and all of the business models that need to go with that, that we're all exploring. In terms of that agility, a lot of people don't have a lot of flexibility in their work because they're, they're in a very defined role. They're maybe um, playing a, a very specific part in maybe a large company or they have uh, their own business and they don't really feel a lot of, like let's say lateral or horizontal movement in that. How important do you think it is right now for people to be thinking about building in that agility? And what do you tell somebody who doesn't have a lot of in inherent flexibility to what they do? Look, it's absolutely critical, obviously, to reinvent oneself right now. And the less agility you have in terms of the way that you think or do things, or the, the circumstances which, which prevent you, for example, if you're a catering business, how do you reinvent yourself? Mm -hmm. So you really do need to think about these things now because, you know, we're going to find ourselves in a, in a very serious economic situation that hasn't really even started right now. You know, at the moment, the banks are in forbearance mode because the governments are asking them to be in that mode. Many of the developed world's governments are also supporting employment or keeping people paid at least. But that's not going to go on forever. Eventually, debts have to be paid. Eventually, people either have the money to pay their mortgage or they don't. 
So we do have to reinvent ourselves. And the, the bigger the mountain looks, the more we need to do it, in fact. I am saying to people, look, really think. Think what you want. Think what you can do. Think beyond the obvious. Uh, reinvent yourself because <laughs> this is going to be a long road. And it, it's, it's going to be a long road not just because of the situation in, in terms of the health crisis that's facing the world, but I think there's going to be long-term change in the way that we do things anyway. And that was a path that we started long before coronavirus. This whole idea of people working from home, the adoption of digital that's happening, we've moved forward between three and five years overnight, some point in March, right? So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a big change. It's a sea change. Yeah, and, and in that sea change, uh, a lot of people are, I think, taking some time out to think about what it is that they actually want. And maybe the things that they really truly want aren't the things that they thought that they wanted. I think a lot of people are looking at their lives and saying, maybe there's a different way I could be living. There re is reinforced by a different lifestyle that actually is different than what I was doing before. When you, when you coach people, how do you help them figure out what they want? Do you have a process? Do you have a method? Do, is it just about, you said listening earlier, but it seems like it's not always easy to know what you want. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a, that's very true. I, and I'm not prone to quote the Spice Girls often, but they, <laughs> <laughs> they said, what do you really, really, really want? <laughs> and, um, and it was, you know, very apposite, in fact. Um, so there's a, a few things that people can do. So the first thing is that I think that most of us, myself included, go far too quickly from, uh, I think I know what I want into how. And actually, when we think um, in terms of really what we want. We need to be spending about 60 to 70% of our time identifying what it is we want. What does success look like? Because when you do that carefully, the how tends to fall out naturally. And then we need to make sure that we move to action. So when am I going to do this? So many years ago, the Preston Associates created something called the Trilogy Questions, we call it. It's a trademarked um, thinking methodology. And it starts with what do we want or what do I want? Um, you spend 60 to 70% of your time on that. Then you move to how can I get it, which is around 20%, 30%. And then the last percentages are on when will I do it, but also who do I need to help? So, so I think that structure around the way we think is critical. But there are also other ways to do it. So on our website, on the Insights page, you'll see instructions for something called the Nirvana Letter, which I think is um, one of the most powerful things you can do. You know, our brains are benevolent. And we know that because when was the last time you had to remind yourself to breathe? right? Then we, we do what we, our brain does what we task it to do. So the Nirvana letter is a process by which you go to the future and you access your unconscious mind and your imagination. And uh, in my case, I wrote my Nirvana letter, uh, which was dated 2037 in 2002. So it was a really 
forward-looking. And the instructions for the Nirvana letter are that you, you have your perfect life. So you're not allowed to uh, fly on a magic carpet. You can't win the lottery, but anything else is kind of possible, right? So you write a letter to someone you trust completely, real or imaginary, mm-hmm. and you are in that future date. So you could set a date for five years, 10 years, 15 years, whatever. And then you look back from that future date to the present. What happened to give you that perfect life? And it was interesting because when I I did mine, you know, my parents were still alive. One of the things that I wrote in in my Nirvana letter was making sure that they had a good death, for example. Mm -hmm. Uh, In my Nirvana letter, I was kind of, you know, quite old at the point in 2037, which I will be. Um, And I was looking back at how the Preston Associates had become one of the leading executive coaching firms in the world and how the young blood was taking over. I looked at having different homes around the world and, and bizarrely, all of this has kind of come true, even though I wrote it in 2002, 2003. So it's a way of unlocking what you want through your imagination, basically. Um, so that's another way of finding out what you want. And I think you're right, Stan. You know, personally, am I going to go and spend a ton of money in Prada or Gucci in the future? Honestly, I don't think so. I think my fundamental values have changed. What's important to me and what's important to many of us has fundamentally changed. Mm -hmm. I think connection, humanity, compassion, uh, curiosity, exploration uh, are all, you know, top of our minds, along with basics like survival. So let's talk about uh, bridging the gap for a moment. So, you know, once you figure out what it is that you want, for a lot of people, there's a gap between being able to achieve what they want and what they want. How do you help people figure out the tools or the mechanisms by which they bridge the gap? Like it could be money, it could be knowledge. I guess, you know, some things seem obvious, like get an education or find an investor, things like that. But in reality, those things aren't always so easy. Um, Do you think it's really just a matter of putting your mind to it and being structured about that fourth segment to be able to get it? Or are there things that you can do to start to bridge the gap before you even maybe know specifically what materials you need? Look, it really depends on your circumstances, Dan, but I think we can't underestimate how innovative the human race is. You know, we are in a difficult situation right now, but it's not a world war, right? We've lived through cholera and typhoid, and we've lived through malaria, and we've lived through HIV, and, you know, I mean, we are survivors, right? So if we think carefully enough, If we can remain reasonably optimistic, uh, we we tend to find a way. And optimism is one of our key strengths, right? If you look at the commonality, for example, between um, Auschwitz survivors, one of the common goals, common traits of those who survived such atrocities was optimism. 
But in order to, to achieve that, we do need to control the thoughts in our heads. You know, we all have a voice in our head that talks to us all the time. And we don't necessarily understand that we own that voice and we can control it. Very often our thoughts, our voices in our heads are negative. Why is this happening to me? You know, it's well, it's not, yes, it is happening to you, but what is my opportunity as this happens to me is a much better question to ask yourself, in fact. So getting a grip of your voice in your head, keeping you positive, keeping you optimistic, um, to the degree that you can while being realistic is really important. And because that kind of brain training is really hard to do on your own, uh, that's the reason people have executive coaches. That's the reason that they have thinking partners with smart people. And actually, we've just launched a digital product called coachinginaction.net, where you get virtual coaching that follows the structure I mentioned earlier, the what, how, who, when, uh, in order to help people on their own, because many of us are still sitting at home, right, <laughs> working from home, etc., to help people think differently. And the site asks open questions below each of the headlines, um, which are not kind of positive thinking in that very sort of American way of it's all disaster, but oh no, just be positive about it. It's not that. It'll ask questions like, what's the truth? What would a wise person advise you to do? So it asks you questions that you don't necessarily ask yourself or even sometimes don't want to ask yourself. And so this is coachinginaction.net. And I know that the, the website sort of guides you down pathways. So can you talk a little bit about those pathways and, and what, what that means for a, a person's experience using the site? Sure. I mean, um, at the moment, the site is free to use for the, the core coaching path, which is called business and personal, which allows you to think through the what do you want on a particular subject. So you might, for example, be leading a team of people virtually now, which is a different process to being a leader in an office. Uh, and you might be wanting to think, well, how do I engage people in common purpose? How do I, do, how do I get my team to define collective success? How do I create a culture in a team when we're all virtual and we're not sitting around getting a coffee at the canteen or having lunch together or whatever? So it allows you to think through micro subjects or macro subjects. Within the website, there are other paths which are much more specific. So if you're thinking through what do you want for the rest of your life, if you're over 50, there's a path for that. If you're a teacher, there's a path for that. If you're thinking about career management, there's a path for that. Um, it's, it's still new, like all things um, digital, it'll be an iterative process and we will add paths as we go. Uh, but it's a very good way of, of making sure that you've asked yourself all of the relevant questions or as many of them as possible that you don't naturally ask yourself when thinking through what do I want to achieve or do or what do I want my relationship to be like with somebody or what do I want um, people to understand or think or know or feel. So the what do you want can be multifaceted. 
and and kind of that's what we do in a much more obviously sophisticated way as executive coaches we help think, people think better so tom i find this very interesting because in a way this is the microcosm of the shift that a lot of people are having to go through right now your business traditionally is coaching so it's very high touch it's very individualistic and it's very much around your network of coaching executives in the world who will meet with a client and guide them through that process and then here you're telling me about coaching in action, which is really a digital service and a digital tool that seeks to help a customer or help a client, but it seems like it does it in a different way than your live coaches do. So, you know, you're making this transformation within your own business from, um, say, the human side to the digital side. Um, how did you develop the process for creating a virtual product for your live session and is there some tools or learnings that can be extended toward others in, in that process for you well, well let me just be clear stan that um we are doing a combination so we are very in terms of our executive coaching uh practice we are very present with clients mm -hmm. we work with some of the you know leading companies in the world with some of the most uh responsibly uh, charged executives in the world who are navigating very difficult times. So when, when we're dealing with that type of person and that type of complexity, we are very present. Now, obviously at the moment, that means present on this type of forum where you have video calls. It means being present um, very frequently. So for example, in the past, when we were coaching an executive, we would meet them for say three hours a month. Now, very often, we do an hour a week on Zoom. So we've really had to adapt what we're doing to the challenges faced by, by our clients. Uh, and that is very personal because it's about a person in a role in a system. So how are they managing themselves? How are they doing their role? And then how are they adding value to their system, i.e. their clients, their organization, their shareholders, their colleagues. Um, and there's a lot to think through if you're, you know, the CEO of a, a global bank, for example. So coachinginaction.net is not a solution to that, but it's a great takeaway. It's a great way of thinking when you're not with your coach. It's a great way of provoking different thoughts. And it feels like it's a, a service that's available to a much wider audience, right? In, in a very different way, which is a very interesting way to kind of balance this, this highly touch oriented, personalized version of your work with something else that's very different, but is potentially more scalable and can be, can be managed as a digital, a digital service. That's right. I mean, you know, the, the truth is when I when I was training to be an executive coach, I remember thinking on day four of my postgraduate program, gosh, I wish I'd had a coach from the day I started work. I would have done so much more. My bosses would have had such value out of me that I wasn't able or they weren't able to bring out of me. Um, but of course, you know, when you're 21 starting your first job, nobody's going to invest a significant amount of money in an executive coach for you. Mm -hmm. But imagine I'd had a digital coach. Imagine that I had been able to just think things through better with more structure. 
uh, at times that are unclear. You know, starting your career is, is not clear. Or if I'm running a warehouse, for example, and my, you know, my boss says, by the way, we're going to send you more lorries. So you need to get the forklift trucks to pack lorries faster and we need less damages. How do I think that through? Well, if, I, if I'm the warehouse manager, I probably don't have an executive coach. But if I can gather around coachinaction.net with my four colleagues and go, what do we want? We want to be more efficient in our warehouse, subdivide that into fewer damages, faster loading of trucks. And then what do we do actually to achieve those things? You know, it's, it's a better structure than just me thinking in my little office, looking down at a warehouse. Well, I, I'm doing it the best I know how already. So yes, it, this, this reaches the parts that other coaching, executive coaching can't reach because it's accessible. It's, it's at the moment, as I say, it's free. As of the 15th of September, it'll be £3.99 a month per channel, which is an investment that all companies can make in every single person. Yeah, I think that sounds like a pretty good deal. Um, before we finish up here, Tom, I'd love to get a little bit of insight from you about some of the, um, let's just say the aggregated feedback that you're getting from all these great conversations you're having with these leaders in terms of the general picture for where we're going um, in, in the business world. Um, are you seeing any trends that are pointing? I mean, you've obviously mentioned that it's sort of a rocky road ahead on the economic side, but there must be some bright lights in that. Um, how, how are the best thinkers adapting for the new realities? What do you see them doing that the rest of us can look at and perhaps copy so we can get through things a little bit better ourselves? Well, I think one thing that we're seeing is much higher trust in employees. So in the past, people were quite skeptical about working at home. The truth is that we all work more when we're working at home because we're not commuting and we're not getting distracted and what have you. So I think that's going to be here to stay to some degree. One of the challenges of that though, is if you are, if you have a team of people working remotely, you still need to invest in the culture of that team. You still need to invest in what does common collective success look like? So I think what will happen is that we'll, we'll do a lot more virtually and then we'll have to spend more time in huddles, virtual or real, defining what we want to achieve together. We will have to define kind of how we work together. Uh, we'll, we'll have to be more thoughtful as to how we connect and communicate. So that's going to stay around for a while. Uh, I think that... Uh, People are really starting to think about what can I do differently in my business? How do I make it relevant in the future? So there's a lot of creative thinking going on, which is very powerful. Uh, and then I think to your point, Stan, earlier, you know, what do I want actually for my own life post this? This is not the dress rehearsal. We get one chance at this. And I think that we will be a bit more balanced about what's important to us in the future. Because when you can't travel, when you can't see the world, when you, you know, you kind of get in a time warp almost. Once we can get out of that, what will be important to us? And I think the balance between time and money will become ever more important. It's not about work-life balance. That's not it. It's about freedom. Freedom will become so important to us going forward.
Very, very interesting insights. Tom, thank you so much for joining us today here in the Chronicles. We really appreciated your time on the conversation. I can't wait to dive into coachinginaction.net. And I think we can find more from you at theprestonassociates.com. Is that right? That's correct. Yep. That's the, the website for our executive coaching. For the rest of us, uh, I'm Stan Stalmaker within Hub Culture. We're in Emerald City, our emerging virtual reality metropolis. You can find more Chronicles conversations on iTunes and on SoundCloud, as well as Hub Radio inside hubculture.com. Thanks again for joining us today, Tom. Thank you so much, Stan. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.